Welcome back. Mailing Podcast live. We are uh, January 19th this morning. It's January 18th today, January 19th when this drops. I'm your host, Brett Merriman of the Mailing Podcast. To my right, the lovely, the decked out in black today, Sally DeFreeze. What's up, Sally? Well, black because it's like kind of storming out, you know? I it mean, is. I should have layered more because it's a little blustery. It is. It's a little ominous outside today. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it if it rained, but I don't have the schedule today where I could just like chill inside while it rained. Which oh, is are you? Is this an errand day for Sally? Yeah, I got a lot happening today. Oh boy, give me the lineup. Well, this and you and I are having a meeting after this, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna go pick up Fritz, take him to swimming. Nice. And then while he naps, I've got to do like a bunch of work stuff. Has he graduated from ISR to now more a organized swimming situation? Uh, it's kind of a mix of both. He does like practices rolling on his back and floating, and then he like swims to the side and stuff. Nice. Okay. He hates it the whole time. He <laughs> He's just, I don't want to be here. But more importantly, I need you to be on Splotch Watch. Splotch Watch. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Okay. The past two mornings, I've had an allergic reaction to something. I don't know what it is. Oh, no. And so on Monday morning, I like, Showed up to, I parked at work and I was like, my face is kind of tingly and I didn't think anything of it because I had put some serum on my face that morning. It was looking mm-hmm. a little dry. I'm starting to get wrinkles that are like very ingrained in my face from sleeping Ooh. on my side. Oh. That, that like don't go away for like two hours. So <laughs> oh no. Okay. That's a whole other journey that we can talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, that's kind of weird, that, but I literally don't have a second thought about it. So I go into work. I'm in the OR setting up for our first case, and I look down, and my hands are like the color of your shirt. You're wearing like a maroonish shirt. I mean, mm-hmm. they're bright, dark red. And I was like, oh, and they're like starting to get raised hives, and then my arms and hands start just tingling. And I was like, this is very weird. So I like walk into the office, and our one of my coworkers is there and one of the anesthesiologists and they both are like, whoa, what's wrong with your face? And my face was super red. My neck had swatches all over it. So it was contained to like my face, my neck, and my arms. Really? And everyone's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I literally don't know. Mm-hmm. Everything that I did this morning I've been doing for like the past two weeks. Interesting. I, like I've definitely like honed my morning routine. But the only thing that was different is that Will and I got new sheets. On Sunday, but we wash them in the same detergent we always use. So I'm like, mm, okay, could it be the material? But I would have, I feel like, had that reaction sooner than getting to work. Yeah. I've been sleeping in them. Okay, so anyway, I'm like, maybe it's the serum I put on my face. Okay. So I spot test it Monday night. No reaction. Mm. Tuesday, don't put the serum on. Do everything else the same. Have another allergic reaction. The next, like, literally, I saw... My same coworker, and she's like, "You look splotchy again." And I was like, "I don't know what it is." My arms, it wasn't as bad as Monday. It was like itchy and annoying, but not like swelling up, and I mm-hmm. had to worry about it. So this morning, again, have done every the same, everything the same. Now it's like that annoying process of like you've got to cut one thing out at a time to see what the culprit was. Right, you're A B testing your allergic right. reactions. I'm a. I started taking fish oils a week ago, and I'm like. Ooh. 80% sure it might be those. So I did take those this morning, but I left something else out of the routine. So we're going to see if I get it or not. Okay. Well, as the uh, manager of Splotch Watch. I just, my neck, if I ha- start having it, my hands and my neck are going to be like. They'll just, they'll jump off the page. Yeah. Okay. And I'll know because I'll start getting tingly. It's so weird. I've never been allergic to anything like that before. Interesting. And then someone was like, I was like, oh, that's cedar. I was like. This isn't cedar. You don't like environmental allergies. You don't have like an actual like physical dermatitis, yeah. like physical, besides like huh. your eyes watering and stuff. Right. Interesting. Or it could just be, it hasn't happened this morning yet. The past two mornings, it's literally happened the second I parked at work. Maybe I'm just allergic to work. It, that could be it. You're, it's, you're allergic to, ooh, maybe is, is it something in your car? No, because I drove my car? car here today. Huh. I don't know. I that's, don't know. That's weird. You know what though? That I feel like that happens every once in a while where I'll something like I'll I'll have a drink and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like 
splotch red, mm-hmm. you know, us fair, 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 fair Do you notice folks. that you get that with certain alcohols over yeah, others? Yeah, absolutely. Like I have one friend who if she drinks tequila, like her whole face just like explodes mm, really? in red. But she doesn't care. She just keeps drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine, usually wine will do it. Yeah. If, if it's going to happen, it doesn't happen all the time. Certain types of if wine will do this, it. Yeah. Like sulfites or something. Could be. And I'll just. But that's what's really annoying about allergy testing. Unless you legitimately go get allergy tested Mm -hmm. or you or you have some major reaction that you like, know you're like, oh, I just had shellfish and now it's like, but something minor and inconvenient Mm -hmm. like this, there's like 25 different things it could be. And now I have to eliminate every single one of those things. Over the next twenty five days to see which one of them is causing this. You have so many. You have so many things in the morning. That, that <laughs> it, but it didn't feel like that many variables until I was uh-huh. like trying to count them out, and I was like, could have been my jacket, could have been like the stuff I put on my face, could have been the stuff I put on my face the night before, could have been. I mean, a lot of different things. So so interesting. I will. I will be the manager of Splash Wash. Okay, thank you. I will let you know. I have two medically related things that one is immediately related to that and one's not so. Okay. One, I am nervous about developing allergies later in life. Yeah, that happens. Which I'm like, if I am develop a, an allergy to like cheese or an intolerance to cheese, dairy, I don't know what I'm going to do. So sometimes, and I'm not like an allergist immunologist, but mm-hmm. a lot of times when people have allergies to stuff, it's because they were... Mo- pretty much every time. Very rarely are you exposed to something one time mm-hmm. and like have a, a reaction to it. You have it takes ex- an, a repeated exposure to get it. Right. But a lot of times when people have it, it's because uh, to develop them later. Like we know a guy who literally became allergic to shellfish, which is right, which is what I'm nervous about. With and then cheese. has since he claims reverse that allergy. Wow, good for him. <laughs> But part of it is because you expose yourself to it multiple times. Yep. And then he moved to the West Coast and stopped having as much like shellfish. Seems counterintuitive. Right. And then when he had it again, he like had a major reaction to it. Interesting. So it's like, because also if you think about it, if you're constantly exposing yourself to something you might be allergic to, Mm -hmm. your body is building up like almost immunity to it. Mm, An immune reaction. People who have like kids who have egg allergies, they tell them as long as it's not serious, you can feed them a little bit of egg at a time mm, yeah, to like yeah. build their tolerance to it. Interesting. Okay. So unless you just stop eating cheese one day, that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> but then he claims, and again, this is one person's claim. I need to do some research on this. I don't even know if it's true <laughs> that he got his gut health right, got his gut biome back in check. Okay. And now he doesn't have the shellfish. How does one get their gut biome back in shape? Well, I think a lot of like eating a lot of anti-inflammatory foods and, you know, yes. making sure okay. you're taking your probiotics and not drinking helps a lot with that. Not eating like mm-hmm. nightshades. Love nightshades. It's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I, I know they're inflammatory, but just they're my favorite vegetable. Love yeah. nightshades. Anyway, the other part of the allergy thing, I am allergic to New York City mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can explain that is that if I am bit by a mosquito in New York City, I blow up. I explode. Like if bite on the arm, I will develop a lump the size of a softball. But you're not to Texas mosquitoes? Texas mosquitoes and upstate New York mosquitoes and mosquitoes wherever I've lived. Otherwise, fine. Something about New York City mosquitoes, I explode. You're just like a super breed? And now that, I'm that afraid. That also seems counterintuitive because you would think like the ones that are like in the deep woods in upstate New York yeah, or like, are like the, in Texas the are like guys. the bad guys. Nope. Just, those, are, those are the natural mosquitoes. Those are the pure blood kind of yeah. guys. The ones in New York City are the ones who are like on roids. Yeah. And I get bit by those suckers and I, I'll show you pictures after this. I explode. And what I'm nervous about is that I'm going to develop, I don't know if this is even possibly connected, but in my brain it is. I'm nervous that I'm going to develop a bee allergy. And that's like, that's not good. That's not related. Okay. I really hope not. (laughs) Because I'm just like, well, if I get stung by a bee now, I don't, I've never had an EpiPen or anything. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I've been stunned before. I've been stunned a couple years ago. Nothing happened, but I am nervous about it. That's the thing. You got to be stung twice. I think I've been stung twice. Okay. Because it's the first time is the is the first time you're experiencing the second time mm. is the the, the the re-exposure the experiment versus the control right mm-hmm. 
Anyway, my second thing, uh, I think I have a cracked rib. And by I think, like I definitely have a cracked rib. From skiing? From hockey yesterday morning. I am in so much pain. It's borderline unbearable, but I am making it through. Like, does it hurt right now? To, to Like any breathe or any breath I take, every breath I take, I'm just like, ow, ow. It's awful. I mean, you probably Absolutely need to awful. go get that checked out. I'll be fine. There's not a lot you can do for it. You no. might have a contusion, too. It, it could be a very badly bruised rib, mm-hmm. but it is miserable to do anything with. So I'm just, I'm saying this is my Jordan flu game and okay. my Jordan flu weeks because they don't heal easily. Yeah. You, so I'm just going to need to stay still. I'm not coughing up blood, though, and I don't have a fever, so there's no, like, internal stuff, I don't think, knock on wood, but it's bad. Hurts. Randy, it hurts, but I'm in a battle. Yeah. Anyway, that's the uh, the intro to this mail-in podcast. What is the podcast? Well, we just answer questions, basically. A lot of fun ones today. Please tell a friend about the pod. Send some clips. Shouts to Adam for cutting those up. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. Hit the hotline number, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in uh, at the link in the Twitter bio at Mailin Podcast or in the description of this episode. Hit the store, please, washmedia.shop, and hit up the new YouTube to watch us, youtube.com slash Podcast. Sally, this one's for you. I guess me too. Are you ready? Yes. Speaking of medicine. Hey, guys. I would love to hear about Sally's nursing career path. What specialties have you been in? What made you want to be a CRNA, et cetera? While we are at it, let's hear about Brett's career path as well. Currently an OR nurse who is always looking slash thinking about what's in the future. What's your story, Sally? Um, And why are you where you are? (laughs) Well, number one is that my dad is an anesthesiologist and my Mm -hmm. mother is a nurse. So, so you just decided to combine both of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> I originally was a business major and uh, Actually, I should do this. I hated it. And Boo. I so I I switched majors after sophomore year of college mm-hmm. to nursing cuz I honestly I really didn't want to do business and I was about to like go into communications or something and then I was like I need to do something that's science-based. Like, that's one of my really strong subjects. I need to be around people. I need – so nursing made sense. And as soon as I went to nursing school, I knew that there was a chance I wanted to be a CRNA. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, but I knew that my dad worked with nurses who were anesthetists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I was never going to, like, stay being a bedside nurse. Sure. Um, that the, there's a path in nursing for everyone – being a bedside nurse is like a really important part of it. And the people who are what we call lifers at that are like amazing people. I I know a couple of them and they yeah. are awesome. Um, I knew pretty much immediately that at some point I was going to go to grad school. So mm-hmm. I did nursing school. Um, for anybody who's like going into nursing or thinking about nursing, also males, because this is not only a female. Nurses. Uh, profession um and i actually think our class of crnas was more um males than females but oh interesting anyway i uh went straight to the icu after nursing school a lot of times in nursing school they tell you that you need to like go to the floor first and get your skills and blah blah but honestly if you want to become a nurse because you just like want to become a botox injector then like don't waste your time just go straight to botox injecting or if you are becoming a nurse because you want to be a CRNA, go straight to the ICU. Like, don't waste your time dilly-dallying around because you think that, like, that's what they told you you had to do. Mm-hmm. That really annoys me for some reason that they would be like, you need to do something very simple first so that you get your, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't want to do that. Like, if you know what you want going into it, just do it. Um, So I went to the ICU. I was in a pediatric ICU, which is not a normal – most people who go to CRNA school are like in some sort of cardiac intensive care situation sure. or surgical intensive care. So these are most ICUs at this point, especially if you're in a big city, are very specialized to what's going on. So say you have a heart attack in Houston, depending on what's going on, you're most likely going to go to a cardiac ICU because mm-hmm. it's a cardiac problem. Sure. If you go have some big surgery, like a 
liver resection, you're going to go to a surgical ICU because that's a big surgical thing. So it's all split up, right? Sure. PD was obviously very specialized as well, but we saw a lot of stuff. It was just all kids. Um, now they're more apt to let you into CRNA school for kind of doing everything. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's a little more difficult if you're like a neonatal intensive care nurse, just because babies are just very different from kids and and adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much any sort of intensive care specialty, they'll let you into CRNA school. Most schools require that you do like at least a year, but two years. And I was there for four because I got a little complacent, and I also was in my mid twenties and wanted to like travel and sure. Drink and not go to grad school. Um, yeah. And I didn't save a single penny, not one, not a single penny was saved. And then I went to grad school and then took out an insane they, amount of money. I was going to say, well, they loans. definitely didn't save any of your pennies. Right. Where I'm now in crippling debt mm-hmm. that I'm slowly dwindling down, but Good. it's still crippling. Uh, I've got four more years, I think, on my student loans. So, my other advice would be like, if you are in a position where you can save money, say you're making a lot of money traveling or something or something, like just put something away. Because even like saving like $10,000 for school is better than saving no thousand dollars. And then I was in school for three years. I did my residency during that time. And then now I'm a CRNA. And I would absolutely recommend it to anybody. I think nursing in general uh, gives you a a lot of leeway to do a lot of things. A lot of people that I know were also nurses second career. So like people who were teachers first or like somebody who was an engineer who was just like, this is not what my calling is. And I think Mm -hmm. nursing in general is a very compassionate profession. So people who are people per people, if you're a people person or you are really interested by medicine or science or things like that, but you also want the component of like talking to people. Mm -hmm. That's a great p- profession, but there's so many things you can do. Um, you can work everywhere. As a CRNA, I can like literally work everywhere, but as a nurse, you can legitimately work like all over the world because that skill, those skills transfer. Translate where, wherever, whenever. The issue with CRNAs is like you can do it in the United States that this profession doesn't exactly exist in the same context of like how we get certified for stuff. Mm, so, but like, I will always be able to like go to any state I want. Nurses, like I had friends who like went and were nurses in like Australia and stuff. That's so, awesome. Yeah, Travel nursing cool. is a big deal right now. Yeah. That's like hot in the streets, I feel like. It's very hot in the streets. Good for them. Yeah. Good for every nurse out there. Thank you for your, your medical service. Always feel free to DM me if you want advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll quickly do my career path. It's, it's not exactly as beneficial to the world as Sally's, but uh, I thought I wanted to be a just completely on Wall Street. It was the whole thing. Not, and not because of like Wolf of Wall Street or anything. I just I loved the way that the economy works and kind of the intersection of how equities, you know, it kind of run, it sort of runs the world in a way. And I, I was like, oh, that, that would be cool to be a part of. And financial advising was kind of always what I thought I was going to be in. Equity research is what I did my first co-op. Shouts to Northeastern in. Um, and kind of hated it. Mm-hmm. Not, th- not that I hated the work, not that I hated the people. I worked for big um, investment advisor in Boston. And it was just boring. Yeah. Like, the work was boring. It was not what I, I was like, oh man, I don't, I, I don't think I want to do this for 40 years to become a portfolio manager. Right. Like, I was like, ah, that just doesn't, doesn't suit me. Yeah. So that's when I decided I wanted to go into scouting, did the internship with the Broncos, which kind of set me up for the rest of my life in a way. And then that sort of ended with a coach being fired and kind of like my job was up in the air sort of deal and uh went back to school graduated and that's when the barstool thing happened and i was an office manager i just said don't care what gets me in the door at this company i will do anything and that's how that happened i was just like well might as well try to get on this rocket ship at a an early point Mm -hmm. it did 
office managed for a year and a half or so, and then also then just went into content programming, scheduling, and then content programming and partnerships and marketing side of things, pre-sale, uh, and that's kind of three years there, sort of set myself up to meet my current coworkers, Will, Dave, and Dylan, and then kind of went into what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Another startup and another kind of all, everything I've done previously wrapped into one because it's just the five of us and Randy. So my career path, I don't, I, I really didn't have any, there was no part of me that was like, oh, I want to do, I want to be in media. I want to do this, like be the sales, marketing, business development guy. I wanted to be in finance my yeah. whole life. And this is just kind of been what happened. I don't know. The only thing I, I, I tell people this, if, if you know, we're sitting down having dinner or something, the only thing I've ever really truly considered myself intuitively good at is seeing something at X, sort of imagining it at 10 or 100 X mm-hmm. and seeing a path to get there, whether it's uh, a stock price or whether it's uh, – a college athlete that you can see as an NFL athlete, whether it's a business like Barstool or Washed that I see it here and and see how easily or how impressively it could become 10 times what it is currently mm-hmm. and intuitively been like, I want to be a part of that. Or yeah. I know how to I know how to help it get there. Right. And so I think that's kind of my one career path like thing i know whatever i'm going to be in in my life whether it's media sports finance that's kind of what i do really well and that's kind of just translated across a couple different disciplines i guess Mm -hmm. and knock on wood we keep doing what we're doing i guess i have no transition to green chef but here we go here we are could be your own chef be your own chef, exactly. Looking to kickstart a keto diet in the new year? Well, we're making it easier than ever before to keep keto with our brand new limited time Keto Kickoff 2023. Sounds like a bold game. Keto Kickoff. <clears throat> now you can find keto recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus meal bundles at the green market. Keep keto the easy and delicious way. Green Chef expanded their menu. Now choose from 30 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. Like I mentioned, keto, maybe vegan the next day, maybe just family style the the next week. If you're craving more servings for a favorite recipe, now you can double the portions in your weekly order with just, just one click. They're offering more customization than ever before. In addition to swapping protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon for USDA-certified organic ground beef, USDA-certified organic chicken, and wild-caught sockeye salmon, now you can also add chicken or fish to select vegan and veggie recipes each week for an added protein boost. Green Chef is just, it's fun. Can I say something about Green Chef that I love? Green Chef is one... Sponsor that I truly love and that I have actually outside of the things that we have received ordered my own stuff Mm -hmm. on my own volition. Here's what I really like it for. This is not an ad copy. I'm just going to give everyone a little. Last week, Will and I both received boxes Mm -hmm. because he also has a Green Chef sponsorship. And we're like, this is too many meals for us, right? There's two of us. We love Green Chef. I would eat it every night, but like we had stuff going on. My sister just had a baby. Congratulations, Lily. Yeah. What a great gift. I literally handed the box to Lily and Drew. They were psyched because when somebody has like a new baby or something's going on in their life, you're going to bring them dinner. Maybe they had a family member die or something like that where you're bringing people food. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those people, the act of cooking is like catharsis for them. Absolutely. And Lily was like, I am so excited to cook this. And so that I didn't have to like go out to the grocery store and get in everything. She had exactly what she needed to do. So she still got the like joy of cooking, but like a delicious meal out of it. It was like a two for one. Instead of just like bringing her some casserole I made, Mm 
I got to like give her the gift of like actually getting to do her own thing where mm-hmm. she was like, I've been looking forward to this. And then she called me the next day and was like, the chicken sandwiches we made last night were one of the best things I've ever tasted. And I can't believe I made that. Bada bing. So for for people who have friends in their lives who like are having kids or they have something going, you know, maybe their mom is sick or maybe like they just have a crazy month and you're like, I need to do something nice for them. Send them a box of green chip. Literally no one is going to complain. They're going to be so pumped. I couldn't I mean, agree more. The reviews from Lily and Drew alone were like, and then the best part was we were both eating the same meals at the same week. So we were just texting back and forth about like <laughs> everything we were eating. It was like a fun little like group text moment. The act of cooking, because they get they provide you the ingredients, right? You it's on you to cook it, which makes like I've gotten umpteen times better as a chef personally because of Green Chef. Well, because they make it easy to follow along what you're doing. Yeah. And like you said, it's a it's a thoughtless thing, but you still get the act. I really like to cook. Mm-hmm. And it's not difficult cooking. It's Correct. like teaching you if if you're a bad cook, it's teaching you just some basic skills. If you're mm-hmm. a good cook, it's like, oh, I'm just going to make a really awesome recipe. Awesome recipe. I did the uh, coconut curry shrimp noodle bowls. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like legitimately one of one of my favorite meals I've ever made. Yeah. And I found this happening with Green Chef more and more. Like, oh my god, it's not just a like. No, I like. I don't dinner. think there's a single recipe I've made of theirs that I'm like, eh, I would take or leave that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just now I'm like, I'm trying to get through all the recipes just because I like all of them. I'm trying to like see what I like the most, but mm-hmm. I'm never like, oh, I should run that back mostly because I'm like, I'm so excited to try the other stuff. But there's not one single one where I'm like, eh, I could take or leave that. Like I would eat all of them. Absolutely. And they're healthy. Yeah. Which is like the the other best part about this. They're healthy. They taste good. They make cooking fun for somebody who is not the most experienced cook. Uh, getting there, getting better, and that's because of Green Chef. I think the best way that I can endorse this product is that we each got a free box, right, for for them sponsoring this. I then subscribed on Correct. my own volition. Same. Because it was so good, so fun. Um and is it ends up being cheaper than going to the grocery store and buying everything and wasting food. So right. it's it's perfect. So here's how you can get on your Green Chef journey. Go to greenchef.com slash mail60 and use code mail60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, greenchef.com slash mail60 and use code mail60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Uh, Green Chef. The number one meal kit for eating well. Next one, Sally. What percentage of questions submitted to the mail-in podcast get an on-air answer? How do you pick which questions to answer? Is there a criteria that throws a question in or out? little behind the scenes here. Pulling back the curtain. Pulling back the curtain. Uh, I will kind of take this quickly because I am the one who's doing the question Picking, I guess, is the answer. Brett does the rundown. So if you have a specific question <laughs> that you want seen by Brett, but it has something more to do with me, mm-hmm. like, shoot me a DM so I see it. <laughs> so Sally can then get in my inbox and be like, yo, answer yeah. this one. You, I mean, you do a good job of the rundown. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there is stuff – I specifically you're going to answer this question, but when we have like uh, maybe a female in or, Mm -hmm. or I'm the one running it when you're out of town, I think I look for stuff that like, obviously for a female and that like three women are going to answer. Sure. Yeah, totally. I think the, the thing here is when you submit a question to the mail in at like the washmedia.com link, those questions all go to my email. So it's just sort of an ease of use thing. I'd probably say 20-ish percent get answered on air. Yeah. There's a lot that we have in the hopper. There's a lot that are – maybe they're too long or too adjacent to something we've done in the previous episode or just – some of them are get a little deep and they're a DM answer versus a an on-air situation. Yeah, I think you're looking for, well, like you said, one, when you look through the questions and like three of them kind of pertain to the same, like Mm -hmm. my bridesmaid's doing this, you can kind of, 
even though we're not answering your specific question, if we're answering one of the other questions that has to do with it, likely the answer is going to be the same. So yep. we don't need to redo that one. Exactly. Know? Yep. And kind of group those together. Other thing is too, <clears throat> like you said, sometimes there are things that I get asked or you get asked that I just respond to people directly. Cause I, not that I don't think that everyone can benefit from the advice, but there's some very specific situations going on yeah. that I'm like, I would rather just tell you straight up mm -hmm. what I think. And that's why including your, your at, or whether it's an, maybe an email or something like that in your question is good. I get that people want to be anonymous and it, right. totally fine there. But if you include something that identifies you to at least me and Sally, we can reach out because if it's there's been a lot of deep stuff like you know my friend committed suicide mm -hmm. i am really struggling and it's just like i'd love to answer that on air but that's to me that feels a little more personal of a response yeah and so i'll reach out and be like hey man like here for you you know all this kind of stuff but that's why having your name attached helps us out but when it comes to like what throws a question in or out um I think the first thing is ease of answering, you know, kind of something that makes sense that, oh, I, this can be a question that we can sort of opine on. Well, and like on the flip side, if the answer is just yes or no, we're not going to, if we can't expand on that and make right. like talk about it in a conversation, we're also probably not going to answer that. Mm -hmm. But again, that's a direct like, hey, don't call him back. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's some, all that took. There's know? some questions that are, the answer is glaringly obvious yeah it's like yes no stop that there's some that it's glaringly obvious that the answer is to move to sioux falls um but brett will include it anyway to sound dumb on the podcast damn he did not like that <laughs> okay i'm kidding i'm kidding I mean, I'm not kidding i was definitely right about that last week but i'm just saying that was one that I, I honestly thought we were both going to go in the same direction. That that led to a lively little debate there. I did. I posted the Sioux Falls defense. I I tweeted it from mail, the mail-in Twitter account. Okay. I said, "Ooh, here we go. We have we have some people chiming in on Sioux Falls versus Denver. It was a pro Sioux Falls, don't you? So I I play both sides. There was all, there was a couple. It was funny. There's a couple follows to that. So I'll I'll say this: both Denver and Sioux Falls got shout outs for yeah. for their fun or like hey you should do this i also do like i know that we have a follow-up today i think or we did yeah we do time. we like to hear follow-ups mm -hmm. like if you even if it's like a, not a question just send us a follow-up we may shout you out or we may we just like to know that we helped yeah absolutely like our, or, our, our, or please let us know if we really fucked your life over i would like to know that too <laughs> Our guy up in Canada who's on like his romantic, yeah, the rom-com life thing yeah, where he's, I need a follow-up from you guys up there. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, there's no, there's no perfect answer to this, but it's stuff that we can, you know, expand upon stuff that does not get super repetitive. I know it's like weddings, dating, relationships, kind of like that's, that's just kind of our lane. Um, but we try to make it, give it some variety each week. Yeah. Also, though, if you – everyone knows this from any of the Watch podcasts. If your voicemail is, like, two minutes long, like – It's tough. We it's That's hard to play on the air for people mm -hmm. to not lose interest. Agreed. Keep it tactical. Keep it tactical. Hey, Brett and Sally. Love the pod, and thanks for all you do. Thank you for listening. I'm at the point with my job where the stress is becoming an issue. I work for a startup, and I'm client-facing. My days have become jam-packed to the point where I'm not eating most days and working late most nights. Here's the main problem, though. My boss, who I would normally go to about this, is a superhuman. She's a mom of two, gets up at 3.30 every morning to work out, works seven days a week, and is just an overall savage. I don't think she would be receptive to my current issues just because she's juggling way more than I am at the moment and still killing it. How do I talk to my manager about my stress level when in comparison it's very low to what she deals with? Okay. I understand where this person's coming from of like my boss says it all, whatever, but that doesn't mean that you have to kill yourself. You're not you don't have the same 
uh, I don't know how to like how to word this. You you're not required to have the same stress spectrum as correct. your thought. Like you're not required to have the same superhuman like, ability. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone is able to handle stress differently. Maybe she thrives off like four hours of sleep. I'm not that person. No. Good for this lady. But but that's not that's not healthy for everyone to be expected, that to be expected of everyone. And I know this tends to be a problem at startups, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tends to be a problem where you're at a corporate job where it's one of those like hustle cultures where everyone around you is, you know, never taking PTO and they're always like working late. And I really, I think that can be really toxic. Uh, if you are that person and you like to work, that's great. Uh, But you, you can't expect that from everyone. Everyone else doesn't have the same type of like, you know, work routine as, each other, everyone has different types of stressors. Everyone's going through different things at home. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to judge from work alone, like what's going on with everyone. I think the biggest thing here is that he, one, needs to probably tell her, but two, set a boundary. Okay. To me, this is screaming set a boundary mm-hmm. um, because y- your personal time is important. And I'm not saying like take all the personal time you want, don't do your job, but like, you need to be eating food. You need to be taking care Have of yourself. To, yeah. Like you need to not be so stressed that it's carrying over, you know, normal amounts of stress after the workday. That's that's a regular thing. I think especially in our like American culture of putting work first, that's normal. Should it be the norm? No. <laughs> but th- like taking home some work with you is common. That's one thing that like Will and I both have had to work on, especially since having a kid is like, when we're home, we need to like spend time together. Be home. Yeah. Be home. Be home with Fritz. Be home with each other and not be stressing about this and that. Yeah, and I literally say this coming from like I have to do, have a work meeting today at like 7.30 p.m. A work Zoom call. Some stuff happens like that. Some stuff happens. But you shouldn't be spending all of your time. Even if you're single, your time with yourself is important. Mm-hmm. Date right? yourself. So like you can't be a good employee if you're so stressed all the time. And I think that is the issue with the startup or if you're part of a company where everyone's staying late, is it setting that boundary is really scary because you're like, what are they going to think of me that I'm slacking off? And especially when he's talking about like his boss is like got kids and she works out every morning and whatever. That's great for her. That works for her. That's mm-hmm. not expected of you. I can see how intimidating it is though. Yeah. Because you're like, you don't want to go to her and and say, well, hey, you're you're doing your thing, man. But that's not normal right and that shouldn't be expected of me and she's you know i can see the hesitation because she'll be like well what like what are you doing here then like i i do this i do that yeah why are you here and that's just not that's not normal that's that should not be the expectation to to be working yourself to the point where you're not eating and and working late all the time right it's one thing to do a project or q1 is ending you have to like stay at the office till eight for a night or two that's happens like that that's some jobs require that not at a startup not and especially like client facing you should be working with clients and and being the best version of yourself which is in eating and sleeping and and being fresh like i just don't i don't think you can continue to be doing this and so how do you talk to her about it at, at some point you, you know you don't treat it like an ultimatum you don't treat it like i'm i'm desperate i'm drowning just say hey you do this 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 and i i am remarkably in all of that what is your expectation for me because i don't really know where i land right now mm-hmm. and i'm working myself to the point of trying to to reach your thing that you got going on that doesn't work for me. I want to be the best employee startup managing whatever I can be. Where do you see that line? And if she says, you need to be working seven days a week, you need to do this, you need to be here, then maybe it's like, okay, well, I just don't have that. I'm going to move on. Right. This has been fun. If she says, I, I, that works for me, do what yeah. works for you, then maybe it opens up a conversation where, okay, 
now I, I know I don't have to be not eating at the office and like, right. I just, I think there's an opportunity here to approach it as like, a, like help, help me help you type of thing. And a good manager is going to recognize mm-hmm. that like a stressed, frazzled, upset employee is not like a productive employee. Correct. Yeah. Your productivity is actively going down, even though you're spending more time at the office. I know I have recommended this book before, but if you are having trouble at work setting boundaries around your time or, uh, you know, maybe you're on vacation and your boss keeps calling you, or maybe it's kind of expected of you that you work 12 hour days and that was not what you signed up for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Melissa Urban book of boundaries. She kind of, I mean, I just think this is a helpful read for everybody, but she breaks it down based on like relationships. And one of those is your relationship with work. And I think that's a really helpful chapter of like understanding how to have these conversations and not feeling like you um, are going to be less than mm-hmm. for like expressing that you need to set a boundary. This And she has a good part where it's like comes from a caveat of somebody who is like in a position of privilege, et cetera. Like this is obviously harder for women uh, people of color, et cetera, who already feel like they're behind the eight ball, but she addresses that too. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's a really helpful, ho- more uh, expertise than we can give, but I think that we have a good starting point. Is that the book that has like the green light, yellow light? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're like She's, kind of the levels of no? Yes. Would you levels say? Levels of boundaries. And yeah. the green is? A green is like, hey, I am going to like, I would really prefer if I started leaving the office at seven, I'm going to start doing that to take some time or like kind of just giving like a notice of a boundary. Mm -hmm. Yellow is like, I noticed that you emailed me after seven. Could you not? And then Mm -hmm. like red is Mm -hmm. like leaving it on red with an away message. Like I will answer your call on Monday morning at blah, blah, blah. Would you say any of the green is athletic by any chance? (laughs) Wow. Cannot believe I just fell into that. Uh, I think the green is athletic. Athletic Greens is my daily nutritional partner. We talked about Green Chef, which is a beautiful treat here and there for dinner. Athletic Greens is my partner in crime every morning to get me through the day. I have, okay, I'm going to be straight honest with you. I have gone on and off Athletic Greens just based on like my ability to keep a routine. Mm-hmm. I have gone back on the Athletic Greens, okay. January Sally's Health Sally. Nice. Health is wealth, resolution time. Your, et cetera, body, et cetera. your body is a temple. I have like actually started craving it. Ooh. I do it like first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I have said in the past that I used to mix it up before. Now I'm mixing it the morning of. Okay. With my stick blender, actually, by the way. My little <laughs> my little frother. You you mix your athletic greens with a frother. Yeah, because I, I no I <gasps> lost I lost the lid to my bottle. <laughs> so now I have to do it in a cup, which is fine. Okay. Mixing it with my frother, putting an ice cube or two in it, and then drinking it before I drink anything else and like leaving 30 minutes between like when I drink it and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I one, we've talked about this before. I think people really worry about the taste. Like, is it going to taste chalky and stuff like that? We sure both doesn't. said it's like kind of like a watery, like pineapple. Pineapple bubble gum is yes. the best way I can put it. I've actually started craving the taste too now. Wow. Now I'm just like, I need I need the drink. Like, I got to drink it. Got to drink it. They say it takes seven days to make a habit. I'm, I challenge I'm, you out there. However many days in, whatever today is, the 18th, I'm like, 18 days in, I love it. Get your athletic greens, take it for seven days, and tell me you don't crave it on day number eight. I also am noticing that like my hair, skin, and nails are already better. Bada bing. How about that endorsement? And I'm not having to like take extra biotin and like do all the mm. supplements to make expensive pee that we always say. Correct. What is this stuff? We've talked enough about it. With one delicious scoop of AG1, that's athletic greens one. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, 
your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. Literally all of the things, all of them. Yeah. Athletic Greens is doing it for you every day. Sally and I are in morning routines. Um, this is not in the copy, and this is just a anecdotal evidence. I think it helps with a hangover. Can't I, I'm explain finding why, that it helps but with my anxiety a little bit. There you go. Two like, things that we can't, we can't explain. I think it's the adaptogens. I think it's like leveling my mood. <laughs> there you go. It contains less than one gram of sugar, contains no GMOs, contains no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it still tastes good. Good for sleep, good for recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. It's just something that you do every day to kickstart your health, kickstart your body, with huge benefits. And even if you're doing some sort of like healthy January, et cetera, this is just like the added step so that you're not missing anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like even though I'm trying to add veggies to every meal and like things like that, I'm also trying to make sure that I'm at the best tip-top version of myself. And this tip is top. just this is like the the solid foundation that we start at the bottom of the pyramid and then everything else you're doing is like added benefit. But this is gonna set you up for success. Something you can do every single day to kickstart your health. And health is wealth. And your body's a temple in a wonderland. Wow. John Mayer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and... Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mail-in. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mail-in to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Man, major shouts to our sponsors today. Yeah. What is the limit for the number of people you can invite to your bachelor party? I ask because I have absolutely passed whatever number you and Sally are about to come up with. But between my brothers, high school friends, college friends, and work friends, I could not keep it at a small number. Also, we're renting a huge house in Scottsdale, Shouts, uh, which wouldn't be possible with a smaller group. Sally, what is the number of people limit? What's the biggest one you've been on? 16. Okay. I went on a bachelorette party with 22 girls. It's a lot. It's a lot. It was fine. It was fine. I, the thing is that if it's bigger... People just break up into groups. It's not like we're going to like have a 22-person group hang every time. Mm -hmm. uh, likely how it's going to be is like your high school friends are going to stick together. Your college friends are going to stick together. Your work friends are going to stick together. And that's okay. You got the one floater okay. friend who goes around. Your cousin who's the floater guy. Right. Again, we've talked about this before. That's also fine. You don't – Yeah. no offense. Your wedding is not going to be the catalyst for all these people becoming best friends. Correct. What it is going to be is a time for all these people to like hang out with you and also get to see each other. Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't sound like he's going to change his mind here. So what I'm going to say no, it's is okay. if it's not a problem for you, it's not a problem. Here's the thing. 12 is the max number to make it where everybody is together all the time. Right. If you're getting above that, you have to know, like we mentioned, it's going to break off into clicks, which is okay. Yep. You don't need to have everybody at the same table for the steak dinner or the Mexican dinner or the pizza. You know, like, it's okay to not have everything be everybody together at one time. Right. And that's fine. You're in the same place for the same weekend. You're at the same – you can be at the same bar, mucking it up with people. Just 12 is the match if you want to have everybody in this big blob all the time. Right. You go above that, totally fine. Just know that it's going to break off into separate things, and that's okay. I think the biggest thing, the biggest barriers when you get bigger are where are you staying and where are you having dinner? Mm -hmm. Where What are the meals? Absolutely. What are the activities? Yep. Likely, if you're Scottsdale, you're golfing. You just do groups of four. You do the scramble. You do whatever. Who yep. cares? You have a pool day. Everyone can be in the same place Correct. there. Yep. You hang out at the house, whatever. The issue is, like, are you going to get a 22-person reservation at a steakhouse? Probably not. You're probably, probably going to have to get a private room yeah that's what that is i um you know can you roll 20 people deep to napa no that's just like the logistically i mean technically yes yep. but you almost are gonna have to like that's gonna take a lot of pre-planning so again not a problem 
as long as you're a planner and you agreed. Don't there doesn't like if you want to have thirty people on your bachelor party, it's a lot. You know what else? There's a way there's to make no it work. minimum number. If you want to go on a bachelor or bachelorette with your just your best friend and call it a bachelor party, do it. Who yeah, cares? Absolutely. That sounds lit. It also sounds tight to go with twenty of your best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's people can say, "Wow, that's so many guys," and like we have a friend who's got a lot of guys going. I think he's hitting twenty mm-hmm. next month, and that's cool. That's fine. It's it's going to be a blast because you just you just know that you know we'll we'll be at casinos right. in Vegas and but people, are gonna, people are people are going to break get off. Get upset and, if like not all twenty dudes are at the wind gambling at the same time. That's correct. just not. It's not feasible practical. to round up 20 adults yeah. <laughs> to follow around. Like, it's just not The happening. one thing you can do, and, and golf is a popular bachelor party activity, you can get everybody on the golf course at the same time. Yeah. They're not going to be in the same group. You can be back to back to back to back, foursome-wise. Just know that it's, it, you know, people are going to finish and go get lunch and go get right. beers. Like, it's just once you get above that 12 number, you're going to get different blobs, and yeah. that's okay. Think it's still going to be fun. I want to know how many, though. I do. I, I think he's probably talking 20 plus. I think he's saying 20. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've seen a lot of bachelor parties that it's like 20 people Yeah, deep. of course. No problem. The, the problem is when you have a house and say it's even if it's a six or seven bedroom in Scottsdale, you you're, you got to figure out sleeping arrangements. Yeah. People and, are sharing and, beds. Which is fine. We did it for a ski trip I just recently went on. They had king bunk beds. It was so cool. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. Don't king bunk beds. You feel like beds. the middle is going to collapse on you? I, I felt, I was, yeah, I slept on the bottom bunk. I felt very concerned about what was yeah. going on, on on the top bunk. Um, but it was cool because it was, it was like you, like we had four guys yeah. in a king bunk bed and it was great. Will went to Shasta a bachelor Mike, party and slept Venice next to. They were bunk beds, but they were like fools. Ooh. So he had to share, oh, he shared a, a bunk bed with like his friend Jeff, oh the my top God. bunk, like in a fool, basically. That's a little tight. It's pretty tight. That's uh, a little tight. That's four dudes and like two fools is a fool is not very big. I don't hate. I I love you know the idea of a house is awesome. If you're pushing twenty, that's a lot. I don't hate the idea of hotels. Well, I think Scottsdale makes sense for a house because you have a pool and things like that. But if sure. you're going a location like. Vegas. I know that y'all have done Vegas or like I know that Will was that one that was pretty big that it's in New Orleans. It's also nice to be like, hey, get your own hotel room, bunk mm-hmm. up with someone else, don't care, you decide. And then yeah. here's the planned activities we have, show up. If you want to do something else in this giant city, feel free, don't care. That's mm-hmm. You've got to be relaxed about that because it's not a kumbaya, everyone's going to be together all the time moment. It's just Correct. not. Yep. There are things that are planned that people should show up to. Mm-hmm. But again, not mandatory. Correct. Here's the thing with bachelor parties. One activity, one dinner. And that's that's for, I mean, bachelorette has nine different things. Bachelor parties? No, bachelorettes you can do like a couple dinners, usually like a day activity. And then you plus minus on like a lingerie shower, which is an easy thing to get lingerie to. Lingerie shower. Yeah. Good for you guys. Very fun. Speaking of, hey, y'all, what is your opinion on engagement timing? What is too soon? Is, is there such thing as waiting too long? Uh, this, let's, let's try not to piss anybody off here. I don't. The answer is case-by-case case basis. Cases, don't listen to us on this. Okay, here's, here's my answer. It's not like a quantitative month-by-month month time. Mm-hmm. I think I knew I wanted to marry Will three months in. I wasn't sure. like probably ready to marry Will till about a year in. Perfect. And then we didn't get married until about five years in. Uh, Here's what, here's the things that I think when I do, I am of the belief when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think sometimes when people are like, it's been forever, we haven't gotten engaged, blah, blah, blah. Unless there's like some circumstance that is keeping you from getting engaged. If that's something you want, you both want, then for me, there's like, what's what's taking so what's long. the hold up sure and i'm not i'm not talking about like some people the circumstances like i need financially to be okay i need this to be done in my life etc for me i 
short engagements, like uh, my parents got engaged after knowing each other for like maybe four months, all of which was long distance, like the whole time. Yeah. Uh, And they've been married for like 35 years. So I think that that is possible. I think it's really important. It, It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get engaged as long as you know these things about each other. Do you both want kids? What do you agree on that? What is the other person's financial situation? And I'm not saying like you know how much money they make. I'm saying like you have a working knowledge of like how much money do they make? Do they have debt? What do they like? What are they going to spend their money on? Mm-hmm. Are we on the same path there? That's also important. Uh I think religion and politics is like a necessary conversation. Doesn't necessarily have to be completely They don't have equal. to be agreeing. Yeah. I do think but good to know what what flavor of the uh, and I think it's important to know that it, you yeah. have, you know, if if someone's like insanely Baptist and you're Jewish and neither of you are going to budge on that and you don't know how you bring up kids, I think that's a conversation you have to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with politics. If someone's insanely conservative, the other person's really liberal. I think those people can coexist if you're both pragmatic and like open to like one probably never talking about politics and two. <laughs> To not like belittling each other for your political beliefs. Correct. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think in good conscience, I could get engaged to somebody and like be willing to sp- and plan a wedding. I, you obviously can continue to get to know that person as you're planning a wedding, but like, those are things you should iron out before you're like committed to spending the rest of your life with someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that everything has to be on the same page. I'm saying have a working knowledge of it. Agreed. Like, you don't want to be. Because an engagement, too, is, like, such a world when you're doing so much shit for the wedding that you don't have time to, like, sit there and – unless you're, like, straight up signing a prenup and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. some of this stuff doesn't come up until you're married. And then you're like, whoa, we are fully on different pages about how we planned to do – you know, he always thought he was going to move back to Seattle and I am very set on living in New York or mm-hmm. whatever, things like that. Just something that's going to impact your life for the next 40, 50, 60 years mm-hmm. is worth talking about before you get a ring on your finger. Totally agree. Check all those boxes. Not like the person checking boxes, but tick off all these things like these life things. Right. And get I'm on not the same page. I mean, I think when you are if you know that you're close to getting engaged, those are conversations you should probably be having anyway. Mm-hmm. Waiting too long, I I don't know. Everybody's different. People get engaged after five years. People get engaged after eight years. People get engaged after one year. It's just, it's such a case-by-case thing. I think if you're having those conversations and you're talking about getting engaged and then it's still not happening year after year, Christmas after Christmas, then you have that conversation. Like, what are we doing here? Or like, what are, what's the holdup? Yeah. As far as too soon goes, I think the only like level of measurement I would put on it is maybe wait till you leave kind of the honeymoon phase of dating. And and that happens at different times for different people. But maybe wait till you're like not just obsessed with like tearing each other's clothes if off. If you're to, sexually to, infatuated with somebody, you're not thinking in your clear mind. Correct. Yeah. You're so thinking you with a different to, the different head, as they say. Correct. That's a great point, Brett. Like so you just, have to be out of the stage of like thinking that everything she does is like the most perfect thing and she's pooping rainbows. Like Correct. Yeah. Wait till you're kind of wait until you've moved past that phase. Until which, you start doing mundane things together. It, right. Sometimes it takes one month, sometimes it takes six months, three months. Like that like that initial just infatuation stage. And not that you won't love each other or like not that you won't want to tear each other's clothes off for the rest of your life. But like that, that like every waking moment, you're just like, Oh my God, you're so great. Like, I, I love you. I'm just that the other thing. Just kind of like let that naturally recede as it always does. Right. Then, then the mundane, like, do you love somebody in the mundane? Yeah. Then you know. Yeah. Hey guys, actually let's, let's skip the last one. We're at an hour. We'll save the next one, the follow up for next week. Okay. And we'll go into shower thoughts because you said you have a good one. Okay. I thought about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Also, there was a Wall Street Journal article that Will's mom sent me. Shouts to Nancy. She's a listener of the pod. She is. That I also saw on Instagram yesterday about shower thoughts. Really? Yes. Look at us. We should post it to our socials. But basically, it's saying like 
the people have shower thoughts, have some of their best thinking in the shower because it's like the one place where your mind can wander and kind of helps you like with critical thinking and like thinking of different things and thinking outside the box mm. and stuff like that it was interesting. Uh, anyway, I had this a few weeks ago. Accents are weird. Okay, let's just, I'm talking about inflection in languages. Uh, all right. Um, I think the weirdest thing ever, and like this is coming from someone who does not do good accents. Mm. I always find it intriguing when people can like imitate each other's voices. How weird is it that people like Nicole Kidman, who is Aussie, mm -hmm. spins like just a really large amount of her time speaking in an American accent for like all of her acting roles. Very weird. You know? It's it, it just, it's... What I think I look at it as is a talent. I mean, oh, it, it is sure. a learned talent. Well, because most of these people have dialect coaches, you sure. know? Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you do interviews with, they like watch the interviews of people who are on the crown, they are British, but they have to learn how to speak like a royal, which is like a very specific yeah, accent. It's, it's a, I think it's a dialect. It's like royal English or something. Right. Like the, it's, they have there's like, like the, the way they say words and things like that. And yes. so they work with a coach. And I'm just, I think I started thinking of it because I was like, I think I was watching something with Saoirse Ronan. She's Irish, but mm -hmm. she like obviously has been in, in movies where she's got an American accent or a British accent or whatever. And I'm like, if I tried to work with a dialect coach to like have an Irish accent, they'd be like, ma'am, stop. Like it is a talent. I think people can do it and people can't. But like what a weird part of your day that you are just fully changing the way you talk. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's like a, like singing is a natural talent. You yeah. have a voice and you can coach all you want, but you're not going to be a good singer if you right. don't have it. I think you can probably pick up some sort of working level of an accent. Right. If you work at it enough. Right. Because you, you learn what vowels do this and that and the other thing. Like I have a pretty good Aussie, Canadian, Southern. Like those are my three like, wasn't it that Kate Winslet had to, like, work with somebody for a while on, like, a Delco accent when she was on that show? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Because that's, that's such a very specific unique, dialect from, yeah. like, a very specific part of the country. It's just crazy that, like, mm -hmm. you can teach yourself that. Yeah. I don't know. That was my shower thought. I, I think... Just, and I, I've, like... It's, like, boggled my mind since then. I just think... And then you just look at, like, how they've developed. I mean, American... Like, we, we, we were all... British or, or from, you know, we were all something before we were American. And it only took, you know, a couple, like decades to change entire dialects from, you know, whether it was British English or German or something from, from Africa. Like it, it took, it took these dialects mere decades to become something completely different. Like yeah. When do you think people started talking in Southern accents versus like a settler who was in Texas in the early 1800s when they were like in Britain 40 years earlier? You know, it's like, it just doesn't. But that all crazy. has to do with like geography and yeah. Oh, yeah. it all goes back to like. I'm just saying it maps. changes, it changes quickly. Yeah. More quickly than you would think, I guess. Right. It's interesting stuff. My shower thought, Sally, is that I'm Zillow baiting again. Okay. For those who don't know what Zillow baiting is, it's it's basically just going on Zillow and finding houses you can't afford or apartments you can't afford or houses you, you're like, oh, maybe yeah. if, if, if conditions are right and interest rates go down like just a smidge. Yeah. But I think my the encouraging part of this is that – Prices are more reasonable than they used to be again. Yeah. In this, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, but my point here is, is that I think Zillow and in, in Austin, especially the new construction part of this whole thing, they don't do a good job with because they show you the price. It's not the price. They show you the pictures that aren't the pictures. Uh-huh. And then it's on you to like kind of go do the the whole build your house like price it out thing. Yeah, and just it's, it's frustrating to me. I I when I see those I immediately just right. Nope. But they're like like our friend Micah built a house. Uh huh. I'm intrigued by that. 
because prices have settled down on lumber and labor and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I don't know. I, I think my my point here is that Zillow is great and it gives you a lot of inspiration, but they need to do a better job with new construction on Zillow. Yeah. It's my just this is my shower thought. Emails. Are you are you are you are you Zillow baiting on on the reg at this point? No, I'm not. I'm okay. actively staying off of it actually. Mm, okay. Good for you. Yeah. Randy, any, any shower thoughts on your end? Um, oh, I have, now I do. Haha, there I am. Uh, I guess nothing, but going with accents, cadence is very interesting too. Because yeah. to take a peek behind the curtain when I was originally doing Do You Know It? And we're doing uh, Do You Know It? Like Who Said It? I was thinking about just changing like a voice filter so that everyone like had a really high pitch or something like that. But you could tell the difference between the three hosts just because the way that they talk. Because mm. of right. Just because of cadence. That's so true. Because if you listen to probably Will versus even Dave and Dylan, I think he speaks a lot faster than they do. Mm. I think that's oh, a I regional thing agree. too. Yeah. Absolutely. People in the South talk a lot slower, especially slow even. it down. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for that shower thought, Randy. I agree. Anyway. That's going to do it for the Mail-In Podcast. Fun one today, Sally. Um, please subscribe. Rate five stars. Review the show. Tell a friend about it. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can run in at the link in the Twitter bio, at Mail-In Podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brett Merriman, at Schmerriman on both those platforms. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.